and welcome to The Dish, a Connectivity Business News podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News, and today we're speaking with Noah Drake, President and Managing Director of Telstra Americas, about how Telstra is using subsea cables to provide connectivity and the company's growing market in the Americas region. Noah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Madeline. It's great to be here. Thank you. Okay, well, I'd like to start off talking about Telstra subsea cables. What is the importance of these cables for connectivity? What can be accomplished leveraging this infrastructure? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it probably helps to set a little bit of context around Telstra and what we're doing in the Americas. So, you know, Telstra is a large uh, legacy telephone provider, you know, centered in Australia. But um, as Telstra grew over the last 75 years uh, internationally, we've started to build out a network of submarine cables. And we actually have um, over 400,000 kilometers of those cables, which is just over about 250,000 miles uh, if we're not using the metric system. Um, and And basically, those cables connect the different continents, specifically in the Pacific region. Um, and it allows companies uh, that are that are communicating, transmitting data, um, transacting, uh, you know, financial networks, um, you know, using things like cloud storage and cloud compute, all the things you need to do to operate in a modern day world. Um, it allows that data to transfer between those different geographic areas in a, in a very uh, steady, consistent uh, and, and fast manner. So that's kind of what we do uh, in the region uh, today. Thank you. Is there a particular sector that this benefits the most? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple. Uh, I mentioned financial institutions uh, in the preamble there. We we do a lot with the, the big banks, um, the small trading firms and everything in between. Uh, some of those uh, actors need our what we call our octagon, which is a low latency network connecting major centers of exchange. So when you're processing trades um, or, you know, you're deploying algorithms and things like that, um, you'll need our our network that has that low latency to, to beat competitors to market. And um, that's a pretty popular product. Uh, but we also do wide area networks, things for those types of companies that are uh, more of a corporate use case um, for the big banks. Um, but then outside of that, we also serve the technology companies that uh, produce content, we serve um, the satellite companies that need backhaul for their ground stations, uplink, downlink. Um, and we also serve what we call large enterprises, which are things like manufacturers, um, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, big data, like those t- those types of companies that have global deployments and need connectivity between their different sites. Um, we serve those those companies as well. Thank you. So is this particular technology something Telstra sees a global market for? Absolutely. Um, I think even today, and this is a stat that's probably aging a little bit, but uh, 99% of intercontinental connectivity still rides submarine cable systems. So if, if Asia is trying to talk to the U.S., you know, 99 times out of 100, that's going to be riding a submarine cable system, and we have a meaningful ownership um, 
in about 70% of those systems that connect the U.S. to Asia. So we're, we are definitely in the conversation, uh, for, for most of the, um, for, for most of the use cases. And, uh, we actually carry more than a third of the world's internet traffic between the U.S. and Asia. So we're, we're, we're right in the middle of things. Uh, and I anticipate that to be the case for the foreseeable future. Um, on the topic of expansion, I know Telstra has been growing its market in the Americas. Uh, would you tell me a bit more about Telstra's growth strategy in the region? Yeah. So we really seek to make doing business across the Pacific easy. So whether you're working in places like Singapore or the Philippines, where we are one of the largest uh, foreign investors or whether you're working in very difficult, uh, places like China, um, you know, we, we are set up to be able to meet you where you're at, meet your needs where they're at and, and try to provide a seamless look and feel for American companies that need to operate abroad. So that's been something that we've seen a lot of success with and we're looking to scale that rapidly because, you know, in the ever changing, uh, environment that we live in, um, those needs those needs change and we need to be dynamic to keep up with those. And we, we feel like we're doing a pretty good job. Um, so we're rolling out to more and more customers, more and more verticals. Uh, and, and, and these, these different industries, um, are, are starting to understand the, the benefits that they can get by partnering with an organization like Telstra. Is there a particular vertical that you see a really strong market for in the Americas? Yeah, so there's a there's a really good market fit with um we call them like scale ups, but if they're they're smaller or medium sized technology companies that are growing rapidly and they're looking to deploy global networks, uh, you know, but they may not have in house procurement teams or they may have small in house procurement teams and they're looking to um you know, deploy in a in an environment that they may not be familiar with, a market they may not be familiar with, or even a technology from an infrastructure perspective that they may not be familiar with. Um, that's where Telstra can come in 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 handy. And then as the business grows, you know, they kind of can easily scale up and down as they need to with within our elastic network. And that that's been a huge fit. Um, I'd say so. I'd say those those types of companies are are really solid. And then the other uh, fit would be with just in uh, traditional um, traditional enterprises. So there's a big, again, with the geopolitical environment, like sometimes you may need to turn up an office or turn down an office or move an office. And regardless of where that is, um, if it's in Asia uh, or, or Oceania, uh, Telstra is really well positioned. So that would be a third. And then maybe just one more that I'd slip in there. Um, we are seeing a lot of success with the different satellite companies, whether that's Geo, Mio, or Leo, they the, the Pacific uh, is a pretty attractive environment for many reasons. Um, part of it is just the physics, and so there's a there's a lot of deploying, especially these days, uh, as a lot of these companies either transition technology or just scale up their technology, and they're needing um, to partner with telcos to provide not just kind of the internet connectivity for the day-to-day stuff, but they're also needing the big fiber backhauls or space and power plus, um, you know, O&M, which is operations and maintenance of certain facilities. So we're seeing a huge uh, demand spike with those companies as well. Thank you. And um, I know that you're one of the youngest executives in the telco industry. What 
role do, does kind of keeping youth at leadership levels and talent acquisition play in growing the industry? It's a great question, and it's one that I'm definitely passionate about because I think that the telco industry, maybe for a time, got a bit of a of a reputation as being um, archaic or antiquated in some way, uh, and and definitely lost a little bit of the visibility with the rise of some of the new, definitely the Web 2.0s and maybe even some of the Web 3.0 type of companies uh, that just seem a bit more attractive for the younger workforce. And it creates a real risk in terms of business continuity uh, and, and, and bringing in kind of fresh talent perspective energy into the industry. So I, I stay very motivated um, to, to kind of continue that and pay it forward. I actually did not really realize the just how big of an impact um, call it, we call it, you know, the in, infrastructure, digital infrastructure industry has on the world that we live in until I you know worked a few years here and um I think it's just paramount that we have the top talent coming into this industry to help the continued success and, and continued support of all the the development and innovation we see on top of the infrastructure and all the things that we use every day. So um I feel like I said called to just continue to 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 be um an advocate for the industry, continue to to bring in people who are coming out of college and maybe early career, maybe even just coming back from a career break or something back into the industry, right? Just to, just to be an advocate for the industry in general. So it's, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of changes and, you know, there's a lot of evolution going on, disruption going on. Um, and, and the outside world is seeing it, you know, from the PE and BC standpoint, there's a lot of investment coming into our industry as well. So it's a great time to be in telecom and, and I'd highly recommend it for anyone who's interested to, you know, to explore. Thank you. Is there kind of on that topic, is there anything that Telstra is working on or that's in the works that you're most excited about, whether it's a technology or a business venture? Yeah, so so Telstra is working at um, really, as, as many telcos are, is like, what is the next phase? What do we look like in the next phase of this journey? And I think there's different answers that different telcos arrive at, um, but certainly many of them think that going up the stack is the answer, not just being the connectivity provider, but also looking at things like security, looking at things like um, scalability or or being able to like you know, SD-WAN or, or, or um, we call it adaptive networks, being able to uh, you take automation, AI, some of those things that are, you know, modernizing not just our industry, but every industry and implementing that into the network. So you don't need to touch it as much. You don't need the human element to just uh, to do the simple things. And so we're actually working on um, rolling out different products within kind of all of those different components that I mentioned. Um, we're rolling out a SASE product across globally. We're, we're seeing a lot of success with it in Australia, but we're now rolling it out globally. Um, we do have a pretty strong partnership with with Microsoft as well from a, a cloud uh, perspective and a licensing perspective. So we're kind of rolling that all into a truly enterprise grade product. That's what I call all inclusive, um, where you're just kind of coming to Telstra as a one stop shop. And then you're getting that soup to nuts experience um, that has all of those in, innovative practices built into it. So that's that's probably the latest and greatest that we're providing, but 
you know, we also remain fully dedicated to the infrastructure component, which got us here, which is owning the cables in the water and continuing to put money and in investing in the water because, you know, we, like I said earlier, we, we believe that's going to be here for a long time. Thank you. So you believe that it's good to have kind of a specialty, but also to diverse revenue streams. Yes, I do. I think that, you know, you can never put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but you don't want to try to be everything to everyone because nobody's going to be able to, to be everything to every, everyone. You sometimes will just muddy the waters and you'll lose your real value props. So I think you need to be focused, but you also need to diversify your, your offering to some extent within the context of are you still staying within that lane of where you feel like you're really good? And I feel like that's what we're doing with those different offerings that we're rolling out. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again to Noah Drake, President and Managing Director, Telstra Americas, for joining us. This has been the DISH Podcast by Connectivity Business News.